Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on Friday, February 11th, 2022. I'm coming straight off a of vacation from Orlando, Florida. I'm coming off of a fresh viewing of the latest Jackass movie, Jackass Forever, a franchise that is two decades, maybe three decades in the making, Ty. Um, Jackass <laughs> was here when we were just wee children, probably in diapers, and now here they are as 40-plus-year-old men doing the same old stunts. Um, we're going to review that today. It's probably going to be the most unique uh, movie ranking scale of all time. Yeah, um, there's going to be some highs and lows, but God damn it, it was a fun watch. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I don't have the facts to back this up, and I'm going to have to go back. I, I can't even go back and look because I haven't done every single movie on this document, but I, it's in the running for having the biggest gap between any two categories because rarely can a movie get so high in one category yet so low in another. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they look, man, it's a jackass movie. You know what it is. It's a bunch of random shit, and you're going to laugh, and you're going to have a good time with it. And it has a great Rotten Tomatoes score, and I think we both enjoyed it. That doesn't mean it's going to get credit in other categories. (laughs) Um, Before we dive into jackass, though, we're going to talk about the complete opposite of the jackass film franchise. (laughs) That is the Academy Awards. Uh, The nominees have officially been announced. They were announced this weekend. Uh, we're going to touch on, you know, all the big ones. We're not going to touch on any of the smaller ones, you know, short film animated, but we'll touch on best picture, best animated actor, actress, all that fun stuff. Um, give some of our early picks, even though we have not seen all the films. Um, we're doing our work to see as many as we can. We got to catch up, but we're going to touch on that. Um, some shocking picks and some movies that showed up a lot, Ty. I was, I was very interested by this. Yeah, 60% let's talk about of the time, it works every time. John Samos. What? Best friends. Yep. I don't feel so good. I'm not fucking leaving. The show goes on. Okay, Ty. I don't know what to touch on first with the Academy Award nominees because 
I have several key points, and I'm going to bounce around a little bit. The Oscars page is just horrible because it starts with, like, all the biggest awards, like actor in a leading role, actress in a leading role, animated feature film, all that. And then Best Picture, even though it starts with a B, is, like, all the way at the bottom. Um, I guess it's because P, and it's alphabetical, and then production design, that's what it's right in front of. But it still doesn't make sense. Maybe it should be with the B. I don't know. Whatever. Fix your website, <laughs> the Academy Awards. Um I guess I'll start there, though, because it's the biggest award. We're looking at the nominees. I'm going to save the most shocking for last. I haven't seen all of these films. Um, We have Belfast, which is nominated for a bunch. Before these were coming out, this was the number one leading candidate. Looks like it might win. I haven't seen the film, so I can't say that yet. I will see it in due time, uh, hopefully before the Academy Awards. Uh, Coda, which we reviewed two episodes ago. Um, Both of us loved it. Drive My Car, uh, probably going to win the foreign film category. Uh, Need to see that. Dune, the cinematic masterpiece that is Dune. I don't want to say masterpiece. I, the cinematic uh, enigma. I don't know the right word there. Experience. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, King Richard, <laughs> um, you know, the, the tennis movie about the Williams sisters with Will Smith. Licorice Pizza, which we have not seen. Um, heard great things about that. Nightmare Alley, which I have not seen. The Power of the Dog, which we have seen. West Side Story, which we have not seen. And the most shocking one, uh, Don't Look Up. Um, Adam McKay, Leo DiCaprio, a movie we have seen, a movie we have reviewed, and I just don't understand how in the world this is in Best Picture, man. Like, we were talking about all the movies we've seen this year and, like, what we thought had a chance and everything. We never once mentioned this film. No. (laughs) It was never even remotely on our radar to be in the conversation. We gave it a 69 combined. Um, It's just not as good as some of these other movies that we've at least seen. And I can imagine it's not as good as the other ones in this category. I, I, I don't understand why it's here. I, I don't know if it's because of all the, the statements they made and the climate change message. And they literally made fun of everyone. We we touched on how, you know, it's not um, – I can't think of the word right now. But when you're making fun of stuff, it's not as funny when you're so brash about it. And they just didn't do it in a, a satire. Satire is not as funny when you're so brash about it. Uh, maybe the Academy, they're all just old. I don't even know who's in the Academy. Um and they're fine with that. They're fine that they said fuck you to everyone but the Academy. Um, they saw it was Adam McKay and Leo DiCaprio, and that automatically gets you a Best Picture nom nowadays. That's actually legitimately could be true. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I feel like they nominated this prior to the movie coming out. Like, it was like, uh, we're looking at who's making this, who's involved in it. Okay, we'll check that box. I, I'm, I feel like some of these people didn't even watch it. <laughs> That's fair. Um, and then, you know, based on the ones I've seen, um, again, I haven't seen all of them. The second worst movie, I would say, of the group, I'm not saying it's a bad movie, is I would argue Dune, um, which I was shocked by how much love it got. Um, granted, some things like, you know, the the music, original score, cinematography, all that stuff, you know, I understand. But, like, it, it, got, it definitely got more than I expected it to get. Um, and I don't know if that is a thin movie year if it i don't know what is your take on dune do you think it's deserving of all of these nominations i i think that obviously it's something that people have wanted for a long time and they made it successful like successfully made it to where it was this big you know widespread scoping story with incredible visuals and everything and the score was incredible and I think that just because of the history of the film and them doing it successfully kind of got it in this conversation for all the stuff. It, it's all, all, you know, all the love that it's getting. 
um, because it's been done before and it was so bad and it's such a well-respected book and everything. Um, I, I don't think it should be in this conversation. Obviously I, I think me and you are pretty close. Yeah. I gave it a 77, you a 72. So still that's kind of average. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it's got a lot of really good stuff. I absolutely could see it for, for uh, like best visuals or whatever they call it. Best. Is it cinematography? Yeah. Well, so it was nominated for 10 Academy Awards tie. Best picture, best adapted screenplay, best original score, best costume design, best sound, best film editing, best makeup and hairstyling, best cinematography, best production design, and best visual effects. That's a lot. And it's just usually don't see a movie check that many boxes because the best picture movies usually aren't getting the best cinematography. You know, sometimes they do, but not always. Um, And sometimes they're also not getting the best original score. Like, they somehow managed to check all the boxes of being a a blockbuster movie, uh, artsy movie, and, like, you know, all these things that usually don't, you know, um, intersect while also being kind of a mediocre movie at the same time. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the best picture nom comes from all of the other stuff. Obviously, yeah. I don't think the movie as a whole is, is deserving of it, but I think it is deserving of you know, best, um, best set design, best mute, you know, best score, best cinematography. Like I think it is in the conversation for all those other things. So that's kind of why it's getting the love of the best, um, picture nom is because it did so well with everything else around it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a lot and you look at it and you're like, this must've been the best movie of the year. And it just, it isn't, (laughs) but it's just crazy how they all kind of stacked up and piled together. And it's, sitting here on 10 nominees like or nominations that's crazy yeah and another movie that's getting a shit ton of love that i have not seen is uh west side story which i didn't realize west side story was that good i just i I don't know why i didn't expect it to be that good but it got a bunch of nominations as well um and who knows you know how much spielberg is able to win um in these academy awards now ty i gotta ask you a question um about one of your favorite films of the year the power of the dog Mm. Um, yeah. What are you most upset by? Are you most upset by Kirsten Dunst uh, being nominated for actress in a supporting role? Um, mm-hmm. Jesse Plemons, actor, actor in a supporting role. Cody Smith McPhee, actor in a supporting role. Or Benedict Cumberbatch, in actor in a leading role. Which one of those four are you most upset by? All of the above. I, I, Even I, Benedict? Benedict was fine. He was good. <laughs> he was good. I, I think the one that's the worst is... Um, fucking Jesse Plemons. <laughs> he did nothing. He did nothing. He was just bitter towards his brother the entire movie, and was just standoffish. Like that wasn't a good performance. You had no job to do. You just sat there and were pissed off at your brother, and then married a girl. Kristen Dunst didn't really do much either. She had like one scene where she cried, and then she was a drunk. I, I, the, I don't understand why this movie is getting so much love. It's not that good of a movie. And especially it's not that good of acting performances throughout. Like best actor, okay. Like I'm I don't I'm not mad at Benedict Cumberbatch being in the conversation. Everything else is ridiculous. Fuck that kid. Fuck Cody <laughs> Smith McPhee. I can't wait till he wins it and Dunst wins. I can't wait wait till there's like a, a quadruple sweep between those four. Um, or those three categories and then best picture. Um, when Jesse Plemons' names popped up, I audibly laughed out loud. 
um, because I knew how much he didn't like him. I hope Troy Coetzer wins um, actor and supporting role uh, from Coda. I absolutely think he deserves it more than Jesse Plemons. And as far as actor in a leading role, um, my vote, if I had a vote, if I was in the Academy, I would probably vote Will Smith, but I'm completely admitting I'm a little bit biased. And I think Andrew Garfield was also fantastic. But I don't know. I feel like Will Smith needs an Oscar. So I think I would be a little biased and pick him. <laughs> yeah, he was fantastic. Um, <clears throat> I think Andrew Garfield was really, really good. And obviously, I like that movie a lot. But I think I would go Will Smith for best actor as well. Um, ben Cumberbatch seems like he's going to fucking win it. I don't know how Harvey Bardem and Denzel did in their movies. We'll watch them eventually. Yeah, But obviously, we've seen three out of those five. And, and I'm with you on Smith for that. Actress in a leading role, I haven't seen any of them, although I'm hearing great things about Kristen Stewart and Spencer, the movie about um, Princess Diane. Diane? Diana? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Diana. One of the two. Um, actress in a supporting role, again, the only one I've seen is The Power of the Dog. Oh, and uh, Anjanae Ellis, who plays the wife in King Richard. She did great as well. I don't know if she's going to win that, but cool to see her get a nom. Now, something I feel very, very, very strongly about, Ty, and I'm glad this got nominated because it, it gave me an excuse to talk about it. Best animated feature film. Look, my pick is the Mitchells versus the Machines, and it's not even close. Like, I, I pick Mitchells versus the Machines this year. I pick it last year. I pick it the year before. And I'm willing to say, Ty, and there's a little bit of recency bias here, that might be my favorite animated movie of all time. I rewatched it on the plane on the way to Orlando, and I have never watched a movie, both animated or non-animated, that, that made me cry and laugh as much as this movie makes me – dude, like – it just makes me feel so many things, and I love it. And that's what movies are supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, you you know, I, I really enjoyed Ray and the Last Dragon. Um, I thought that was a really, really well-made film. But Mitchell's the Machines, I'm, I'm right there with you. It was fantastic. It was unique. Um, I, I liked the way they did it. There's a lot of emotion in that movie um, and just kind of like family stuff going on, and it was hilarious. Um, it was very – it had a unique animation style while also having unique cinematography – for an animated film, which is really impressive. Um, and I love Encon. Look, I haven't seen Flea. Luca doesn't even deserve to be in the conversation <laughs> with these other movies. Nope. Um, but I, I think Encanto, Mitchell's and the Machines, and Ray and the Last Dragon are all really good. And I wouldn't be upset if any of them won because I think they're separated by like three points on my scale. Me too, but I would be upset because I just love Mitchell's versus the Machines so much. And if I redid that scale, it's probably getting 90 plus tie because. I was laughing my ass off. I was sobbing. Um, it was just a fantastic, fantastic time. And I just love it. It's such a good movie. Um, and then the last yeah. thing. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I just, I'm with you. It, I, I was giving myself more credit. It's two points. <laughs> I gave two of those movies an 86 and I gave Raya an 88. Like, they're, they're all right there. Um, and then last thing I wanted to touch on. Um, if you have something else, you could touch on it after you know I make this point. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home. Did get one Oscar nom. It was never going to get nom for Best Picture or anything like that. You know, I love the movie. It got a 90-plus for both of us. It's just it's hard for these superhero movies to do it. That's why I'm so surprised by Dune, even though it's not a superhero movie, but it's kind of in that adjacent realm. Um, but it did get yeah. nominated for Best Visual Effects alongside Dune, Shang-Chi, No Time to Die, and I just can't believe we could say Free Guy is an Oscar-nominated movie. That's fucking hilarious. It's amazing. Um <laughs> We've actually seen all of these movies, surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I don't know what visual effects were really used in No Time to Die. Um, okay. It's very much a, one of these things just doesn't belong here. 
situation. Um, I'm I'm a little upset that uh, that Eternals didn't get some love in this category. <sighs> that movie looked so fucking good. It you did. Got, you, it did. You can't argue that. It, it looked incredible. Uh, visually, yes, it looked, and you could definitely make the case for Eternals over either Free Guy or No Time to Die. Fucking Free Guy is just hilarious. Um, but Dune should win like, that. I mean, it should be Dune and not even close. Yeah, well, visual effects. I think best cinematography Dune for sure. Visual effects gives me more like CGI kind of shit going on, which is why I'm confused. No Time to Die is here. <laughs> um, I think Shang Chi has a really strong case for what they did with the fucking dragon at the end um yeah. and all the fight scenes and the rings and everything um but I, yeah i dune's gonna win cinematography like hands down i don't even think it's close i don't know about visual effects i saw a tweet i don't remember the exact caption but it was uh it was like one of these movies or it was all of these movies have been nominated for best visual effects and it was like an incredible still from dune an incredible still from shang chi um it might have been even a still from No Time to Die. I don't know if they picked Free Guy. And then it was the the scene of Tom Holland running away from uh, Doc Ock on the bridge, um, pretty much saying that Spider-Man was like the one missing out. And I was like, come on, fucking Free Guy, No Time to Die. Those are the weirdest ones. Um, yeah. Is there any other Academy Award talk you wanted to touch on before we jump into Jackass Forever? No, I, I, I want to watch some of these other ones. Um, there's obviously a lot of love for uh, like Drive My Car, Nightmare you know we'll eventually get to him uh best original song um lin-manuel miranda going for an egot has dos orugitos from encanto yep. i don't i don't even remember what song that is it's the song they sing i believe when they go to the river at the end when it's all emotional um riley had to tell me that i didn't remember um i think it has a chance to win i think the only one that i would be okay with it winning not even okay, but the only one I could see winning over that would be No Time to Die by Billie Eilish. But I don't know. Hopefully Lynn gets it. Yeah, yeah, I think No Time to Die is like the heavy favorite. But they just they chose the wrong song to make the Oscar push for there, right? Like there's so many other good songs in that. They had to have fucked this one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's the Academy picks it, if the movie picks one song. I, I don't know how that works. Um, obviously, we don't talk about Bruno is the trendy song, but you know, that might not be the best, like, composed song. I know there's technical stuff that you and I don't understand when it comes to composing music, so I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. But I, I just there's, like, incredible music throughout, and they chose the one song I don't really remember. <laughs> I, like, you fumbled the bag there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's all I got for Academy Awards, Ty. We don't have any new Marvel or DC talk. Um, any new news there we do have some news though podcast news and that is that next week we'll finally hopefully be in person again it's been about like five weeks yeah. since we've recorded in person um i don't think we've even mentioned anything about that on the pod like people might be wondering like hey why does tyler sound like you know he's talking through a tin can it doesn't sound that bad but um Fuck. i just didn't want to get covid before my vacation and i didn't want to risk anything so i saw minimal people and i haven't seen tyler since new year's which was about six weeks ago so ty i'm excited to welcome you back in the studio next week yeah i can't wait i mean i was the fear of you getting covid and then both of us also having covid at our houses um there for a little while yeah so that that just kind of extended it but i can't wait to sound great again people probably miss my beautiful voice through that fancy mic 
<laughs> well, give us some of that beautiful voice with the synopsis for Jackass Forever. <clears throat> Where'd it go? I lost great it. Radio. I fucking lost it. Absolutely I fucking great lost radio it. tie. Uh, celebrate the joy of a perfectly executed shot to the groin as Johnny Knoxville, Steve-O, and the rest of the gang return for another round of hilarious, wildly absurd, and often dangerous displays of stunts and comedy. Jackass forever, baby. It's literally the TV show in an hour and a half. Um, more like an hour and 20 minutes. Um, short movie. <laughs> Stunningly... 87% on Rotten Tomatoes, certified fresh, 93% audience score tie. I love Jackass. I've always liked Jackass. I'm a, I'm a, I, I like the slop, you know, the slapstick comedy of Jackass. I like it. It's funny. It's funny to me. My dad really likes it. We bond over it. I saw the 3D penis back in like 2010. I've talked about it on the pod before. <laughs> My question to you is before we even jump into our scale, what makes this Jackass movie different from any other Jackass movie to get this high of a score, considering every other Jackass movie has, like, in the 50s? So I, I thought this was going to come up, um, and I just need to throw this out there now. I've watched a lot of Jackass. I've seen all – you probably like all the episodes at various times and everything. Um, this was my first Jackass movie, so I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never seen the movies. Um not because like I'm like I don't want to watch like I love Jackass. Jackass is fun. Like I said, I watched the show tons growing up and everything, and, and I've just I had never seen the other movies, so I don't think I'm the person to answer that question. I I don't get it. Jackass one forty nine percent forty nine seventy five. That's critics audience. Jackass two sixty four eighty. Jackass two and a half. No critics, but fifty two audience. Jackass three sixty six sixty nine. Jackass three and a half sixty fifty seven. And then we take an 11-year break, and it's Jackass Forever, 87-93. I don't know if it's, you know, a lot has happened the last two years. COVID, you know, has people down. You know, the world is uh, more divided than ever. Um, you know, politics, everything. It's just everyone's got to hate each other. And is Jackass the glue that holds society together? And because of all this division, we get a Jackass movie where anyone can watch it. Like, you could show this to a group of apes and they find it funny, Ty. Like, it's just, it is <laughs> instinctually funny to watch Jackass. And, like, is our palate just, you know, more, I should say, less refined for Jackass? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little kind of nostalgia, kind of playing the hits thing. We haven't had it for as long. Maybe it was like, People were sick of it before, and now we just need something good to laugh at. And after this long, we got it. Um, but these are absurdly high scores. 87 from critics? <laughs> I happened? I, I think it's just people like, I don't know, man. Again, know. I've never seen any of the other movies, but I can't imagine they did anything different. I, I've got to imagine the other movies were very much just more of the TV show. Yeah, I mean, my only theory, and this isn't even backed up in, like, reality, is maybe Rotten Tomatoes has made it easier to become a critic on their website, something we're trying to do. Um, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, and when the previous movies came out, there was less people reviewing them. And, like, people – even though people can go back and review movies, like, maybe it's just not as popular to do that. So you're getting yeah. more people from YouTube and blogs watching this, and they have less standards. I don't know. That's my only theory – other than it being, you know, the the backbone of society that, you know, keeps us from dividing. But I don't know. I don't get it, Ty. <laughs> I mean, I, again, I had a blast with it. I 
I would give it a fresh. I, I'll be honest, but I'm not a, a professional movie critic yet. Maybe I would think of it more, um, you know, but I'd be more concerned about it. And if I like actually had to apply our scale, maybe it doesn't get a fresh. But just off the top of my head, would I recommend this? Yes, I would. It was a fucking blast. Maybe another theory is we've talked about kind of the decline in comedy movies, how it's just like, you know, there's not as much of a taste for dumb comedy movies and they just don't make them anymore. And like, yeah, you have your book smarts of the world and your good boys of the world, but they're few and far between nowadays. So maybe this stands out better than it did when it was releasing alongside Anchorman and Talladega Nights. I mean, Jeremy Johns, he's a YouTuber. He's got a Rotten Tomato score and he says, I'll simply summarize it like this. This is the most and the hardest I've laughed in a movie in years. So I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm just like th- this top critic here. Uh, is this a great motion motion picture? No, of course not. Did watching it make me happy? Yes. To an almost impossible describe impossible to describe degree. Um, and that's a fresh thing. Like it's they're just like, Hey, this is fun. Go have fun. We need fun. Um, now before we jump into our patent pending movie scale, um, I went and saw this at 3.30 p.m. Wednesday after flying across the country, 7 a.m. Orlando flight, woke up at 4 a.m., that's 1 a.m. West Coast time, tired as fuck, went and watched it by myself, Riley didn't want to see it, I was in the theater with only three other people, a father uh, in his 40s, 50s, I don't know how old he was, um, and about a 12-year-old daughter and about a 10-year-old son. Um, I did not know the daughter was there until after the film. I thought it was just the son when they first walked in. They walked in after me. And that's important because I walked in like two minutes before the movie started. Like they were playing the last preview. I live literally walking distance from the theater. I can leave super early. I left my house at 3.30. It was great. Um, But I I caught the whole film. So they walk in in the, the opening scene, which for those who have seen this obviously know. If you're listening to this, I would hope you've seen it. It is a uh, Chris Pontius's penis um, is pretty much Godzilla, um, and it's a whole opening act where they're fighting all the jackass guys, and all the jackass guys are dying, and all this stuff. Um, so in that scene, they show the penis, the penis monster is what I'll call it. Um, you Love know, it multiple times, and you could kind of you could tell it's a penis and balls, right? And then there's one shot where it's like they show it, and then they show it for like a brief second. They zoom it out to show Pontius like putting his dick in the little town to like hammer home the fact that no this is a penis in case you were wondering and then it cuts back to the scripted part and that's another five minutes they walked in after that first uh reveal that it was Pontius's penis right so the whole rest they walk in they're watching the whole rest of that opening scene and it somehow never occurred to the father that that was a green penis because the second they showed the turtle bite his dick and then it zoomed back out to show it was actually his penis he like yelled out loud and told his kids to cover their eyes. So they went the whole opening skit watching that without him realizing it was a penis. And the rest of the movie, every single time a penis was on screen, he would yell like, Oh my God, close your eyes. And I'm like, what the fuck are you bringing your kids to this movie for, dude? It was hilarious. That added to my enjoyment. <laughs> I love that. I love the fact that he just sat there not realizing that this dinosaur had a giant pair of balls attached to it. It's <laughs> just watching this entire thing. Like, this is fine. And then he's like, oh, no, that was a penis. Better block them before they see it. <laughs> like, even the part where they're, like, shooting the jizz and everything, it never occurred to him that it could have been a penis. And I was I was laughing so hard, Ty. It was fucking fantastic. God, that's fucking wonderful. Oh, fuck. 
Um, I mean, those kids couldn't have watched more than like 30 minutes of this movie then if they couldn't watch any of the dicks, right? <laughs> There's a lot of dick in this movie, man. <laughs> There's a lot of... Victoria said that um, she was disturbed by the amount of asshole she saw. Um, and I, it's just, that's par for the course. I mean, there was dick and balls and ass everywhere. So, um, <laughs> and not, not the kind of ass you want to see either. It was just all male nudity. So um, Victoria and that's what did, I expected. She did go see this with you? She did. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't think she'd wanted to want to, but she said, yeah, fuck it. And she, she was interested in it and she was laughing. I think she had a good time with it. Did she enjoy the shot, um, maybe the best uh, ass shot of the whole movie where Steve-O had the bees on his dick and balls and they had the cameraman holding the GoPro under his taint and you got a fucking view of literally <laughs> like everything underneath? Did Was that her favorite shot of the movie? <laughs> she did not enjoy that part. Um, I, I don't think she was about it, but whatever that cameraman was being paid, it, it wasn't enough. To be that close to a man's taint while there's bees flying around his penis – um that's just incredible camera work they should have probably got an oscar nom just for that scene alone um what do you think is what was the hardest you laughed is there one moment that sticks out above the rest where you were like belly laughing more than any other fuck i don't it was just a lot of laughs throughout i'm trying to think that opening credit scene had me dying i was i was enjoying the fuck out of that because every time the dick came on screen I was cracking up. Um, there was a lot. I really enjoyed um, when they had the fucking spider and the two helmets. Mm-hmm. And the dude was just fucking terrified. Just like squeezing on for dear life. Yeah. Um, it, it was fantastic. Fire away with what had you dying, though. Um, I mean, the whole movie made me laugh. Um, but the funniest part was not even something that most people would have found funny. I don't know why it made me laugh so hard. But the skit where they did the fake um, rattlesnake and they turned the lights off and they were fucking with them and making them think that the rattlesnake was like loose in the room and everything and it was pitch black. Um, yes. The specific instance of that skit where one of them, I don't remember, I don't know their names without looking at the list besides Pontius, Steve-O, and Johnny Knoxville. Um, and Wee Man, of course. Um, but whoever it was, when he finally finds the door to escape and he opens it and then he sprints into the other room only to run into a hanging frying pan. I don't know why. I don't know if it was unexpected or it was like literally like a cartoon when I was a kid, the freaking Roadrunner. I was fucking crying laughing on that scene, that one moment. I, I don't know why. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> no, that that had me fucking dying. That was fantastic. And then the dude who thought the only way out of the room was to jump over the table <laughs> completely unnecessarily just to go into mouse traps and fucking thumbtacks. That had me fucking dying. He was like, I thought I had to do it. He was just sitting in the fucking room. Yeah, I was losing my shit. Yeah, um, there's some new members of the Jackass crew, um, which was obviously needed. I, Johnny Knoxville. I noticed the whole movie. I was like, Knoxville's not doing like anything. Like, what the fuck? And then he ended up doing the bull stunt and you know breaking his wrist and getting concussion. I was like, okay, that's why he didn't do a lot because he did probably the worst one. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he had three of the like more like getting fucked up ones where he was a part of the marching band got fucked up he did the bull one got fucked up and then they launched him out of the cannon into the lake yeah like those are probably three of the more bigger stunts and he was like yeah i got this yeah and steve-o didn't do as much he had a broken arm in some of the shots um i thought they were going to show us what maybe it was the marching band scene i don't know um pontius really didn't do much um he had the opening scene again did like i think he was in the marching band one as well but he wasn't in much either and the rest of it was like dave england wee man 
Danger Aaron. Preston Lacey was in yeah, the they, <laughs> well, D- Danger Aaron got fucked in this film. I don't know what happened, but they were like, all the really fucked up ones go to him. Yeah. <laughs> Like every single time, they just kept fucking with him over and over again. I was like, "This is fantastic." Um, the one where Preston Lacey was supposed to, uh, like, I he oh they were supposed to pick him up. Wee Man was supposed to pick him up like Dirty Dancing, and then he just shit his pants, and they didn't even do the stunt. That was pretty funny. Um, it was good shit. The new people were Sean Poopies McHenry, uh, Zach Holmes, which is the other uh, overweight guy, Eric Manaka, Jasper, and Rachel Wolfson. The uh, female addition to the jackass crew um let's jump into the scale tie we we got a lot to talk about and i feel like we're going to differentiate from this category in specific because we're going to have a, a different interpretation of the the score tie plot slash story from one to 20 explain to me why you gave it a one i gave it a one because there was there was no story um <laughs> it was just a lot of really funny shit but there was no coherent plot line that was just like hey we're doing this now and hey, here's Eric Andre and Tyler, the creator. Um, I, it's exactly what I expected to give it. And I just, I physically like, I, here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to give it a three. Because there are movies that have plots that don't make any fucking sense. They never tried to do a plot. So I'll give them a little bit of love for that. They said, look, we're not going to try and like tell some sort of story that is awful and confusing. We're just going to stick to our guns. So I, I'll bump it to a three. Okay, so I gave it uh, even higher than that, Ty, because the way I look at my scale is I consider – this is probably giving it too much love, but I want this to have a good score, goddammit. I consider the bottom tier of my scores to be the one through five range, and that's when I'm in when I'm talking about a story that I don't like, that confuses me, that makes me angry, all of those kind of things. And while there wasn't really a co- – I shouldn't say wasn't really. While there wasn't because not at all plot or story they didn't try to make a plot or story which i great greatly greatly appreciated they leaned into what they know they didn't try to overthink it and that got a six out of 20 out of me it avoided the bottom tier category because they didn't try even if they would have tried a little bit of plot i would have been like nope this isn't jackass they leaned into it so i gave them a six <laughs> okay i <laughs> I mean, you have the same thought process on it, I'm thinking, because there there can be a plot that's worse than this movie, and that's the one that's confusing and doesn't make any fucking sense, and I hate watching it. Um, that's not this. They said, look, this is what we're going to do, and it's just completely avoid even remotely attempting a plot. And with that being said, I can't I can't feel comfortable giving it anything higher than just a few extra bonus points for not trying. <laughs> like, if your strategy is like, hey... I'm just not like if you're in class and you're like, hey, I'm just not going to take this test so I don't fail. I'll give you a few points for that. <laughs> if a kid, if I was a teacher and a student just handed me a blank test and was like, look, I'm going to fucking fail this. So I'm just not going to try. I'd give him like a 10%. <laughs> You'd respect it. <laughs> yeah, I would. And that's what's happening here. I'm giving a little bit of love because I respect it. <laughs> that's great. Um, visuals, cinematography, Ty. Um there were some shots of some dick and balls, some shots of some assholes. Um, High-depth cameras, we've never seen the Jackass crew this crystal clear. Like, I was actually thinking that during the movie. Like, it's just modern technology, but I was like, damn. Like, this makes you realize, like, how good cameras are now compared to even 11 years ago. Um, yeah. They had some slow-mo shots. Look, 12 is usually, like, my baseline. You did your job score. It looked fine. 
I gave it a plus one because of their their slow mo shots um, to a thirteen out of twenty. I mean, I I kind of went with your strategy in the other one. One to five is the worst score for something that looks like shit. Again, they didn't try to do anything special outside of that opening scene, so I gave them a six. The oh. opening scene with the minute with the miniature set um and and the obviously like they had like the the practical of the dick on the miniature set and then them on set somewhere probably at like fucking universal studios or something oh it's definitely like, universal them, studios <laughs> yeah i'll give them a little bit of love for that for kind of trying to do something but the rest is just their buddies holding a camera recording them getting fucked up there's no cinematography to it <laughs> it's just there's not they hit slow-mo on a couple of things it's funny i respect it but I can't go any higher than a six. What about when his balls are hanging out and it's like the punching bag and they have the little arms punching him? It's fantastic. And that's, again, six is given some love for that. But they weren't trying to make a good looking movie. They know that. They'd be surprised I gave him a six. Spin zone. A big part. Not, well, I don't know how to say this properly. Um, I, I think it is fair to say a big part of these stunts is not only planning them out, but making sure they look good and they look good on the camera. And, you know, it's more, it's not as simple as just going out and filming your buddies. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that didn't look good that they had to cut Ty. Um, you know, I'm just saying just to play a little bit of a devil's advocate. here. Sure. You're probably right. It is more than just sitting there holding a camera and it's probably cameraman who knew what they were doing and they've performed, you know, recorded stuff like this before. But again, they weren't trying to do any sort of like, you know, putting people where they want to in shots and, and creating this kind of like they were just making sure they got the stunt on camera without the camera shaking like a fucking world star fight video. Like, I, they, I'm not going to give them too much love for that. I enjoyed the miniature set and the dinosaur dick and balls. That was fantastic. And I had a really good time laughing at that. <laughs> OK, OK, fair enough. It's a six. It's a six. Score, now, key elements on the other hand, Jay. What'd you give it? 18. I fucking laughed my ass off. Oh, 18. Yeah, it's funny. It's fucking hilarious. Some of the things don't land as as well as they could, but there's some that are fucking fantastic. I gave it a 20. (laughs) You just full-sended it? I full-sended it. Look, if I told you, Jackass is the backbone to society. You can't find me a male human. Okay, I don't want to get sexist here, but like, I could see why you know some girls might not find this funny, but even you know Victoria found some humor in it. It is hard to find a human with a sense of humor that doesn't laugh at at least parts of these movies. If you know if they don't want to see dick, I get it. If they don't want to see taint, I get it. But just when it comes to physical comedy, it is in our nature to laugh at that stuff. And God damn it, nobody does it better than Jackass. I haven't laughed this hard in a film since probably Blockers. Um, it was. It was great, man. It was it was exactly what I wanted it to be. It leaned into that. It was funny. And it was jackass. And I gave it a 20 for that because this is exactly what I wanted when I went and saw this by myself and a father and two children. And this is exactly what the, those two children got. I'm glad they got the proper introduction to what jackass really is. <laughs> Look, I'll bump it to a 19. I, I think some of the things didn't land as well as they could have, but most did. And again, this is the definition of quantity. Like, it's just jokes nonstop throughout. Like, you're, you're going to laugh because it's fucking funny. Um, some of them were, you know, they, they had filler things. Of course they're going to have filler things. 
Um, they got to do fucking stupid stunts to fill up an hour and a half worth of content. Um, but throughout, it's 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 jackass. No one does jackass better than jackass. Yeah, I just kept thinking the whole time, like these guys probably don't get paid enough, man. Like Steve-O and Knoxville, they do, but fuck, man, I can't like the the whole ball stunt from Danger Aaron. Fuck that, man. Fuck oh, the that. cup one. Yeah, that was incredible. That was fucking incredible. I mean, they just had professional athletes destroying his nutsack. He got fucking. What was it? So he had Ngannou uppercutting him in the dick. He had the softball pitcher throwing it at his dick. There was the pogo stick. What was the third one? The fucking worst one, the hockey puck. Oh, yeah, the hockey puck. <laughs> well, I Hold on. The, the pogo stick seemed like it was bad just because it quite literally just pinched his sack to the floor. Oh, um, God damn it. I can't imagine that level of pain. Guess, With that being even... said, that hockey puck was fucking terrifying. I think and maybe this is an embraced debate, I think the pogo stick would hurt more than any of the other ones because the other ones, it's just like brute force on the cup. And the cup at least absorbs some of that brute force. And obviously, it still hurts like a bitch, and the hockey puck's hard. The pogo stick, if it lands, luckily he got a pinch because if it lands on a nut tie and it, like, compresses down and it has more time of impact, oh, my God, that's how you pop it, bro. That's how you fucking pop it. Oh, yeah, no, he would have, he wouldn't, I mean... I'm surprised they attempted that because that's absolutely the way to send him to a hospital with a destroyed testicle. Oh man, I can't even. Like the other ones, the other ones hurt. Like don't get me wrong, those are gonna hurt, and you're gonna be in a lot of fucking pain. And yeah, there's a chance. But if this one's executed right, there's a surefire chance that you're you no longer can have children. Yeah, I mean, fuck that, fuck that. Um, characters die. Um, there's no actors in this. I mean, they're I guess they're actors. They're not characters. They're not playing characters. And maybe some of them would say, we're playing exaggerated versions of ourselves for the camera. It's not acting. But it is stunt acting. Stunt acting is still acting. And, I I mean, I didn't hate it. I didn't put it in the bottom one through five category. But I can't give it anything higher than a seven. I gave it higher than a six because I like the jackass guys. And they're still funny. But I, I seven is the highest I could absolutely go for characters um, in this in this scale. Yeah, I gave it a six. I like the guys; they're funny. They say funny shit throughout. It's kind of like watching like a, a stand-up type thing where they're cracking jokes and doing stunt shit. You know, with that, um, they get a six. But look, for what the pain they went through throughout this and the rip, I, I don't, I don't need acting when I have the real emotion of a man who thinks there's a bear about to bite his fucking dick off. Um, that's raw, and that's what I need. <laughs> Can you imagine the fear of that? I could see it in his eyes. I can't imagine it because he performed so well there because it was so authentic. There was just a bear. And I thought, oh, they're going to have the chain like to where he can't really get to him. No, if that bear wanted to take a bite out of him, he was taking a fucking bite out of him. Yeah, the guy even had to rush in um, and stop him. Um, Now, I want to touch on this real quick with characters. There was one key character missing, Ty, and that's Bam Margera. Bam Margera was not in this film, and I did some research, and... Um, he was fired. He actually did filmed a couple of stunts, but in January of 2021, in a podcast interview, Margera said that Paramount regarded him as a liability due to his behavior over the last year since the release of Jackass 3D and the following month and, and the following month, he had revealed that he had officially been fired, admitting to breaking his sobriety, thus also breaking the deal with the studio and crew about staying clean and sober throughout the production. Um, and I believe he is now suing them. Yeah. 
Yeah, they basically said, hey, don't do drugs, stay sober. And he said, okay, and then did drugs and did not stay sober. Um, according to this article, which I might have missed it, Bam Margera actually does appear in Jackass Forever very briefly. Margera appears in just one scene, which was featured in the trailer. The marching band bit that sees the Jackass crew attempting to cross a fast-paced treadmill in full band gear. Margera's moment is cut from the trailer, but the full sequence includes him in the final movie. Um, I didn't remember him. I missed that. They They definitely cut i mean i couldn't see who all was in the marching band because they had the fucking instruments and hat on they definitely cut like any shots of his face i think that was a stunt to where like you literally sent like two guys to the hospital and that's why fucking steve had a cast on like they can't throw it out but they weren't gonna make it to where he was known to be in that at all yeah for sure um sucks though because he's one of the classics and i hope he finds the sobriety and help he needs ty yeah, uh, I mean, Steve looked fucking great in this. Shout out to him for being sober and clean now. Yeah, turned his life around. Bam Margera is only 42 and he looks like he's fucking 50 something. Um, yeah, it's not good. And I think that was big time. Uh, look, we're trying to help you out here. Like, we'll get you on the set and we'll let you do this, but you got to, like, help yourself. And he just kind of said, fuck it and did it. So they were like, all right, you're gone. Damn, he's put on a lot of weight. Crazy. Um, which leads us to our enjoyment tie. Look, I laughed my ass off, um, and there's nothing I love doing more than laughing my ass off. I still can't give it an upper, upper tier score because there is still an art to making films that I do appreciate in some regard. But in terms of turn your brain off, go watch the film with two children and their father. This was everything I could have asked for. 16 out of 20 for my enjoyment. Couldn't have said it better, my friend. 16. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a go have a fucking blast. You don't ever really have to think about it again. If you want to have a laugh, throw it on. Um, but yeah, like, you know, we do this because we like movies. We like stories. We like seeing dramatic moments and stuff. There's none of that in this. It's just funny. Well, there's some drama. There's some dramatic moments. Okay. Are you talking about the dinosaur throwing up semen on everyone? Well, the bear scene, that's dramatic. Like, there, there's some real okay. life drama in this film, Ty. There was an explosion caused by a fart. <laughs> was part of it there's <laughs> the the tension between whether steve-o or machine gun kelly will win the bicycling bicycling contest um, i just love how you're i don't even think it was meant to be a counterpoint but the counterpoint to there being tension was that they lit a fart on fire <laughs> like it was not a counterpoint it was in it was in <laughs> look man i didn't know if that was gonna blow up or not and then boom when you least expected it it did <laughs> fucking hell that's so fucking funny um <laughs> It's ultimate rewatchable movie, though. I mean, obviously, if you watch it back to back, it's not as funny. But, like, you're going to naturally forget exactly what happened in half of these stunts just because they're so rapid fire. And it happens with every movie. Like, ten years from now, we could rewatch this film and would probably give it the exact same scores because it would be just as funny. Um, Any Jackass show, any Jackass movie, you turn it on, it's going to be a fucking great time. And this was, you know, no exception. And according to some critics... um, the best one yet by a large margin. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, I, it's it's such a good time. It's fantastic. It it makes me wonder how bad this shit hurts. Yeah. Because, like, they just do it. And I, I can't physically imagine going face-to-face with a snake and just taking a bite on the face. Yeah. I... Um, even, the one, even the one where it didn't even seem like he was in that much pain. But smashing his penis flat? <laughs> I don't think I could do that. Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he doesn't we feel pain we, 
Yeah, you should accept it. Wee Man having a vulture bite his dick. <laughs> like, that that seems like it would not feel good. And they, these guys just fucking push their body to the limits. Yeah, they, they found their lane in life, Ty, and I'm happy for them because I don't have to do it. I, yeah, I, it's it's incredible. It's Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. My final score, out of 100, Ty, I'm sad where it landed because it technically, according to our scale would be a rotten, but I would make an exception for this film because I can do that. I gave it a 62 out of 100. You were, I feel like you were doing some legwork there in the categories to try and get it to that far. Like, I feel like you gave it a score and you were like, okay, I got to see what I can do here to adjust some numbers. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't get it there. I couldn't with a straight face get it there. <laughs> yeah, there's just no, there's no reason it should be. And I'm right there with you. My score does not fall into the, you know, above the line um, or within the lines, excuse me, um, category. But I would still give it a fresh. It's an even 50 for me. Oh, geez. <laughs> Which, it sounds bad. But when you look at the only ones that matter in key elements and enjoyment, it fucking knocks those out of the park. Mm-hmm. Would you give your final score 62? 62. That gives it a 56 out of 100, putting it right behind Venom. Let there be carnage with a 56 and a half. And right ahead of the Many Saints of Newark, which has a 54 and a half tie. Yeah, look, man, it's a fun watch. You're going to have a blast watching this. Isn't it? Isn't it? I, I can't even say, is it going to be critically accepted? Because fuck me, is it? It's scoring <laughs> great. What does that have on Rotten Tomatoes right now? 87? 87. Okay, I just want to confirm something right now. Um, give me just two minutes. Great, great radio here. It, uh, it has two percentages higher than our highest rated movie of all time, Infinity War, at an 85. Wow. Wow. I, I just, I can't. I can't believe it. <laughs> I, that Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me, but people love Jackass, I guess. Um, random Rotten Tomato. Actually, before that, next week, a little bit of a schedule update as I click over in my sheets. Um, next week, we are reviewing... Theater release, another one, Death on the Nile, starring Gal Gadot. Um, other people, Ty, do you know off the top of your head? Um, no, but I'm, I'm really looking real quick here, Jay. Gal Gadot, um, Army Hammer, Kenneth Bra- Ber- Bernog? Yes. Um, it currently has With a Tita 60- Wright. Oh, okay. Sure. $90 million budget, 63% on Rotten Tomatoes as it stands right now. Um, then we have Uncharted, the video game remake, Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg. Talk about a pairing. And then we are going to kick off March Movie Madness on March 2nd. We are going to – we are on the journey of finding the greatest movie year of the last three decades. Or is it technically four decades? I think it's technically four decades, Ty. 1990s, 2000s, 2010s, and there's some 2020s in there. So the best, the best movie of the last four decades – we're going to break down 32 movie years. We're going to we have categories that are determinate. We're going to break it down in that episode to the final 4 and then every other week the rest of the month um watch this, yeah, every other week the rest of the month there will be another March Movie Madness episode on top of our normally scheduled programming um to decide what is the greatest movie year of all time in which we will break down those movie years and review some of their best movies. So I'm excited for that. We we've done it. This is the third annual um, and we could run out of ideas, so hopefully it's not the last. Yeah, I mean, maybe we just run it back and just re- redo ideas years down the line, and people will just forget that we'd already done it. 
Um, but I can't wait for this one because it's fresh. It's never been done before for us. Um, it'll be a fun way to talk about old, older movies that we like that just so happen to not be on our scale yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I can't wait. I'll say it. I can't wait to talk about some of these films and some of these years. Um, there are some duds just going through it. There's some ones that do not hold up, and I'm going to shit on those years. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but that's what we got coming at you the rest of the month. Um, the next month, I should say. Random Rotten Tomatoes movie score tie. This was a film I organically saw. I've actually never seen this film, I'm going to be honest with you. But I organically saw it in the hotel room in Orlando. My father was watching it one night. He had just turned it on. And I so happened to see a scene. And I said, damn, that guy looks a lot like Johnny Knoxville. And my dad was like, that is Johnny Knoxville. And I'm like, no fucking way. All this happened you know, within the last week. So it was just perfect timing. That movie is Men in Black 2. Johnny Knoxville is in Men in Black 2. I don't know if you're familiar with that, Ty. He is. He plays like the alien creature thing. That blew my mind. So that is our random Rotten Tomatoes movie score of the week. Men in Black 2, 2002 film, 197 reviews, over 250,000 audience ratings. What does it have on the tomato meter? Look, man, Men in Black is is an appreciated franchise, I feel like. Um, I I think, obviously, one's going to have a good score. I don't know if people loved the second, but it got them to like a, make a few more. So I'm going to guess kind of somewhere high, but not too high. We're rocking 82% for my guess. Oh, one of your worst guests ever, probably. Um, 39%. Oh, fuck. <laughs> people did not like the second one. <laughs> That's tough. That's The third one was not because of the critical success of the second film. Um, it was, uh, hey, we fucked up. Let's try again. Yeah, and forty-five audience, so it didn't even didn't even stick at home with the audience. tie. Wow, I don't. I see. I just I enjoy Men in Black films. I, I don't look. Will Smith's fucking funny dude. Might be an Oscar winner this year. I enjoy them. Yeah, I, I love Will so, Smith as well. Outside of Jackass Forever, I, I'm curious now. What's Johnny Knoxville's highest rated movie? Oh, I actually was looking at that. Um, let me pull that up real quick. Uh, the first men in black got a 92%, by the way. So they went from 92 to 39, quite the fall from grace. Um, his <laughs> best film is unbreakable. Kimmy Schmidt, Kimmy versus the Revet Rever- Rever- Reverend Reverend Reverend. That's a 94% with a 57 audience that came out in 2020. He plays CJ. Okay. Fuck. Yeah. Um, um jackass forever Elvis and Nixon. Is like seems like an actual casted role with seventy six. Mm-hmm. Um, Bad Grandpa had a 61, 64 for Jackass two. Sixty. Just the more they release Jackass movies, the higher it goes. So the next one's gonna get a hundred when in ten years when they're all fifty. Yeah, if they run it back, they may get an Oscar. <laughs> oh man, um, that's all I got for you, Ty. It was fun. This is, a, this is a great movie to talk about. Um, shout out to the last movie we reviewed because it was shit and we just forgot to release it um, on time. That was like a, we could have made that like our forgotten, like the hidden tapes, like the never released episode. Um, but that's okay. You were on vacation. I don't mind it because it wasn't a very fun movie to talk about for me. Yeah, um, I, I forgot to upload, but then I saw Alvin Kamara got put in jail and that reminded me I needed to upload it. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a that's a great. Hey, more Saints news. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that'll be fun to talk about. Go listen to our sports pod after listening to this, because um, I got some thoughts. Let me tell you, Jake. 
All right. <laughs> okay, next week, Death on the Nile. Be a good friend, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.